it's no doubt that neither you nor me have any control over what happens in our future. Now, yes, I mean, we can influence what happens, but fact of the matter is, is that it's life and things are going to happen that we don't even realize. They're going to come totally out of left field and catch us by surprise. But in that leaves us with a choice. We can either be negatively affected by that surprise, or we can keep course. We can stay positive. We can keep looking for the good, and we can ultimately try to make good out of the bad. For today's guest, Dr. Greg Persley, affectionately known as Dr. G, he is a beautiful example of this. Because Dr. G, he was cruising down life, recently became a chiropractor, had an amazing wife. They had their first child. He had a goal of making a million dollars by the time he turned 30 years old. And then all of a sudden, a bump in the road, a speed bump, something to throw him off course, to send him in a different direction. But instead, no. Instead, it just made his story even more amazing. It made him the person that he is today. It's led him to the career that he has today. And that's the story that's inside of today's episode. If you, my friend, need something to inspire you, to empower you, to remind you that you're not alone in this crazy thing called life, that speed bumps, they happen to all of us. And today's guest, Dr. G, is going to show you that even though you hit that speed bump, you can keep on cruising because life, it's a beautiful thing, even if it's absolutely insane. My friend, welcome to episode number 260. This is Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. What's up, my friend, and welcome to Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. I am your host, Kevin Lowe. 20 years ago, I awoke from a life-saving surgery, only to find that I was left completely blind. And since that day, I've learned a lot about life, a lot about living, and a lot about myself. And here on this podcast, I want to share those insights with you. Because friend, if you are still searching for your purpose, still trying to understand why, or still left searching for that next right path to take, we'll consider this to be your stepping stone to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Do you know the easiest way for you to finally have the life of your dreams? A life of fulfillment, a life that lights you up and makes Monday morning as exciting as Saturday. It's by you getting clear on your life's purpose and designing your life around it so that every day lights you up. But you have to first discover your purpose. I want to help you do that. So I encourage you to right now text the word discover to 55444. Again, text the word discover to 55444. And I'm going to get you information into how I can help you to once and for all find your purpose so you can have the life you've been wanting to have. Enjoy today's episode. Well, impact for me is just helping people change their lives for the better. You know, people are really looking for happiness. They're looking for fulfillment, contentment, love, joy. And most people are misguided on how to get to those things. In fact, I was for a long time. 
and through personal development and reading books and listening to podcasts and YouTube and my own life experiences, I've been able to, to boil a lot of complex things down to really simple steps. And why a million? Uh, that's just kind of an arbitrary number that everybody knows. You know, when you say, tell somebody or ask somebody how much money do they want to make, they go a million dollars. It's just kind of the thing that they pop off in the top of their head. So really it was, we're going to impact way more than that. But if I impact yeah. a thousand people and they impact a thousand people, we've impacted a million lives and uh, I've already been doing that. So we're probably over a million at this point, but it's just kind of one of those arbitrary numbers. A lot of people pick and they, uh, they recognize with it. And that's what I was trying to do is just reach people where they're at. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Now, kind of looking at, at your story and in, in tying in with, with this whole desire to help people in the way that you, you do, back in when you were tw- only 23, you graduated as a chiropractor. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough as a junior in high school to, to fall in love with the profession of chiropractic. It just kind of lined up. And so I knew exactly coming out of high school, which is very rare. The older I got, I found out that most people don't know, but I came out of high school knowing exactly what I needed to do to get into grad school and accomplished that and then was, you know, graduated at 23. Yeah. Wow. Uh, now, what was it about like chiropractic in particular? <laughs> and, and the reason I, I'm curious, because I know when I was in high school, that was what idea I had as a, as a career. Really yeah. interesting. I always was somebody that didn't, I never wanted to take medication. Like my parents would be like, here, just take, uh, even as a kid, I, I remember being like, no, I don't need that. You know, my body will heal itself, you know, whatever. I, and so I just naturally aligned with it. And as a junior, we went on a anatomy and physiology tour to the local chiropractic college, which was about an hour away. And we went through a process of just touring the campus and, and what they did and why they did it and how they did it. And I was like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want. So I was very fortunate in knowing exactly that that was what I wanted to do as a career. What I found out later was I actually enjoy business more than chiropractic, but that kind of segued into owning a business and allowed me to experience both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That is very cool. Now, so you graduate when you're 23. Are you still practicing as a chiropractor? I am a little bit, but I was able to take my chiropractic practice and transition it into what's called a integrated regenerative medicine practice. So we have a nurse practitioner who does integrated or regenerative medicine injections like stem cells and PRP and that sort of thing. We have a chiropractor, we have a rehab, and we have bracing that we use to help offload people's joints like their low back or their knees or their shoulders. And so I knew I wanted to impact more lives and there's only so many people that I can treat. And I knew that I had treated for 15 years at that point when I transitioned the practice over. And I knew that in order to be able to impact more lives, I needed to teach other people how to do what I was doing because I couldn't treat any more people. I was maxed out. And so that's when I turned more into a business owner and learned how to implement systems and implement leadership into the company so it runs by itself without me. And so I say I treat because I do fill in occasionally, but really I've the more I've done podcasts and events, I end up treating entrepreneurs and and people that are speaking at the events and you know, word gets around, oh you're a chiropractor, dude, I got this thing. Can you help me out? I've been traveling. And so I end up <laughs> that more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, everybody loves to hear that there's a chiropractor in the room. You know? <laughs> of course. <yeah. laughs> Amazing. Now we kind of talked at the beginning of, of the interview about the idea of impacting, you know, 1 million people. 
Yeah. Well, you also had a goal that you wanted to be a millionaire by 30. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, I think a lot of people that come out of school, they're like, I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to be a millionaire. And I didn't understand what that meant at 23 years old. So while I was in grad school, so we're going back again. So we've kind of jumped forward and back, but we're going back to when I was 23. I'm, I'm 41 now. I had to really think about that. <laughs> 41 now. But at 23, while I was in grad school, I decided it would be a great idea to um, get married and have a daughter. And so I thought grad school wasn't hard enough. I was going to go ahead and just get married and have a daughter while I'm here. <laughs> and so I graduated at 23. I'm a chiropractor. I have a wife and a daughter that's a few months old. And um, I'm like, now what? You know, now real life hits. Like, how are we going to turn this into an actual something that I'm doing? And so I found a practice that was for sale. It was two hours away from my family and my wife's family. It was kind of centrally located. It wasn't big city, but it wasn't small farm town. It was kind of in the middle. So I was like, this is perfect. So we went down there and, and purchased that or acquired it and then started practicing. And then two years later, practice was doing really well. And we had our son. And then our son was actually born with dwarfism, which is a very random genetic change. 80% of kids born with dwarfism have no family history. That was us. And so the day he was born, they said, hey, your kid has dwarfism. And we're like, well, what does that mean? And how'd that happen? And what's his future like? And so it turned from, you know, all these normal average thoughts for the future of what's he going to be and what's he going to do and all that into, well, what does this mean? And what's his lifespan going to look like? And how does it affect him? And blah, 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 blah. And so it really changed our perspective of, and really our focus for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. Now, talk to me a little bit more about the birth of your son, because I know that's really a big part of your story. Yeah. I know that he had many health complications. So give me give me an idea of what was going on. Yeah. So like I said, he was born with dwarfism. Uh, and just so people know, it's called, the type he had is called achondroplasia, which is, it literally is a genetic change where the genetic code where it's supposed to make the bones grow longer, that code doesn't work. And so therefore, the bones do not grow long. And if you break down the word achondroplasia, it's, it stands for no bone growth. It means they just don't grow long. So it's a bone softening and shortening syndrome. But when he was born, it was like, oh, this, this is shocking. But you know, hey, he's, he's here, he's alive. So let's you know raise him and, and whatever. Well, when he was about three months old, he started to need oxygen because he was having trouble with his lung capacity. And then when he was six months old, he started developing pneumonias. I mean, he was spending weeks and months in the St. Louis Children's Hospital. So we have a three-year-old daughter, a practice that's relatively new, which is our only income. We have a son that we're trying to figure out what's going on, transferring back and forth to this hospital that's two hours away. My daughter's being passed around family members. As you can imagine, it was a bit stressful. And all of a sudden, our focus turned from you know, keeping the family to really like what most people focus on retirement and growth and business and money and experiences and all that stuff. It was all of a sudden really focused on keeping him alive and keeping us together. That was pretty much all we focused on. So as you know, if you don't put focus on a business, it starts to fail. And so our income started to change. Our business started to slow on top of him, you know, trying to figure out what was going on with him. Well, at nine months old, he ended up having a trachean event put in, which helped him breathe. And he was required 100% oxygen 100% of the time in order for him to stay alive. Now, that's a lot to take in for people because that's like, whoa, what's happening? At one year old, he was able to come home just after he was one. And so there's a lot of gratitude that I have for 
the hospitals and the doctors and his insurance and all of that, because otherwise he would not be here. And, and my wife, I mean, she kept everybody on course because he wouldn't be here. And so we came home with him. He had a vent. He had a trach. He had oxygen. He had all these monitors. And it was the hardest and most stressful time in our lives, my wife and I, for sure. And my poor daughter was only three or four at the time. And so she's thrown into this world of the most formidable or the most impressionable years of her life are now panic, chaos, anxiety, fear, worry, just not an average, normal, you know, kid childhood scenario. So it was just very interesting. I, and I wrote a book about it called A New Kind of Normal, which was more of a more of a book for, for me to get it off my chest of like what we were experiencing. So it was more of like a journaling. But I wrote that book over, it was the first three years of, of Isaac's life and how it affected our family differently and what we went through and all of that. So it, it was just very, it was an interesting time. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, during that time, I mean, how, with his medical condition, how long did it take for things to kind of level out in life, you know, to get back to whatever we want to call quote unquote normal? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, is that, you know, normal is one of those things that it's just whatever's the average around you. So, you know, you could be the most abnormal person, but you put that person in, in a scenario where everybody is like you and similar to you, then you're normal. And a really great example of that is people with dwarfism. There's a conference called the Little People of America Conference every year. It's a national conference. And so when, when he was one, we decided we were going to go to that because we were going to try to give him, quote unquote, the most normal life that he could possibly have. And so the first year was in Nashville, which was only a few hours away from our house. So we were able to drive there. It was interesting because the first night there was a dance and there was a dance every night. But the first night we go to this dance and you know, most dances, it's like, you know, there's a little bit of awkward time, you know, like, oh, are we going to get on the dance floor? And there's you know, the guys are over here and the girls are over there. And not this place, dude. The music started and that dance floor was full. Now I'm about, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Now I'm about six foot tall and I'm out there with, with our one year old who's on a trach and event. He's about one and a half at the time. And I'm standing in the middle of this dance floor with him kind of pushing him back and forth and whatever. And I'm six foot tall and everybody there's average height is about, you know, four foot. And I felt awkward. I felt out of place and mm. I felt weird. And I just, I realized like, that's what every single person on this dance floor feels every single day. Yes. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a powerful, powerful example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So for, for you guys, as far as his medical issues and being able to maybe get to a point in, and I don't even know if, if you did get to a point where you could get back to putting the, the necessary focus on the business and stuff. How long was that? In my mind, as the, we were, I was the only income for our family. And so I turned from responsible business mindset to how can we make money and how can I take care of my family as quick as possible. Now, I didn't do it unethically, but I would try to do things and push them too fast, which doesn't work in business. If you just try to make a quick turnaround, it just doesn't last. And so for years, it was just a lot of frustration on my end of trying to grow something and push something. And I thought if I just worked harder and I just put in more hours and I just stay up later and that is not the model that is actually what of what actually works. 
And so it really strained me as a person. We leveraged a lot of our assets in order to, you know, keep the lights on and, and, you know, there were medical bills that we had to pay and different things like that. And so it really put us in a really, a much different place mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, relationship wise. I, I want to give you an example. And I'm not saying these things to make people feel bad for me. That is not the point. The point is, is that whoever's listening to this, if you're going through something, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is something to look forward to. So just, you know, hang in there and keep looking for the positive. But I want to give you the full perspective. So he was on this Traken event. If he disconnected from this event, you had 15 seconds to get to him or he was going to pass out. He was going to turn blue. That's how little reserve he had in his lungs. So my wife or I pretty much for the first three years he had that Traken event, one of us was within six feet of him at all times. Wow. It really, you know, there's people that get married and they're like, oh, well, we just kind of stopped paying attention to dating each other. Well, like we, we didn't date each other because it was like it, we were surviving, really. And so yes. that became a normal. Now, what I mean by that is whatever you do repetitively enough, it becomes your habit. It becomes your normal. So my thought processes became fear, anxiety ridden, worried ridden, money financially worried. And What's interesting is what I learned through this whole process is every single guru in the history, uh, whether religious or non-religious, but every guru in the history of the world that's been documented have agreed on only one thing. And that is you become what you think about. You become what you think about. So here's a question for people that are listening in and for you, Kevin. When you become what you think about, there's really only two thoughts. There's thinking about and focusing on what you want, and there's thinking and focusing on what you don't want. Which one of those do you think most people think about on a moment to moment? Which one? Yeah, I would say the, the negative or what they don't they, want. They think about the thing they don't want. Right. And that's literally yeah. what I went through for almost eight years. Of, I was thinking of what I don't want. I don't want to work in this business. I don't want to fail. I don't want to borrow more money. I don't want to, you know, whatever. It was all these, what I don't want. And that's what most people think of. They think in terms of, I want this better house because I don't want to live in this house. So really what they're thinking is, I don't want this house. I want this better car because I don't want my car. I want more money because I don't want the situation I'm currently in. Does that make sense? Do you see what I mean by that? So yes. if, what, if you become what you think about, and you constantly are thinking about what you don't want, then you are going to, in turn, create what you don't want. Wow. That is literally how it works. And it's, it's so hard in our society because that's what we're taught. So you have to think about what you do want. Now, here's the hard part. People don't know what they want. <laughs> they, have not, <laughs> they have not spent enough time with themselves to identify and create a clear picture of what they actually want. So what they end up doing is thinking about what they don't want. And that's what they end up creating. And then they're like, how come my life is like this? Well, it's because that's what you're, you're focused on. So through this process, I finally figured out I needed to start creating a vision of what I wanted. And I actually created something called the five A's of actualization, which are basically the five A's, five things that you need to do to realize or create or actualize the future or the life that you want. And the first one is aim. You have to create something to aim at, a target. And that's where visualization comes in, spending time with yourself and going, what am I actually aiming for? What do I want my relationships to look like? What do I want my business or career to look like? What do, what do I want my finances to look like? 
what does my belief, faith, what does that look like? What does my body look like or my health? And creating that picture, you have to aim at something. And most people aim at what they don't want, so they create more of what they don't want. That is powerful. That is so powerful. And it is so very true because you're right. That is what we focus on is exactly what we don't want all the time. <laughs> yeah. And so if you if you're focusing on what you don't want and that's what you're going to create, you know, your life is going to turn into what you focus on or, you know, what you think about is what you become, then you are perpetually going to be stuck in that cycle. And the only way to get out of that cycle is to change your beliefs, your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, those four things. Those are the only four things you have control over, your beliefs, your thoughts, your emotions, your actions. So the question I guess I have for you in relation to your own personal story is what did you decide to aim at? Yeah. So in 2018, I realized that I cannot keep doing what I'm doing the rest of my life. My relationship with my wife was not where I wanted it to be. I mean, we were cohabitating. We really weren't in a strong relationship. My relationship with my kids really wasn't where I wanted it to be because I was so focused on the fear of losing everything in, in my business. And it was heading kind of in that direction. I was just fighting this losing battle. It was like I was just barely staying up because I kept saying, I don't want to just barely get by. So guess what? <laughs> I was just barely getting by. Yeah. And so that's what I identified was like, well, what things can I work on that will change the trajectory. And I could point and blame and say, well, my wife needs to change or my business needs to change or my, the government needs to change. Or I could point my finger at a lot of things around me. But the only thing I had control over was me. So in 2018, it was the fall of 2018, I decided I was going to work on me. And the first step I took was started reaching out to other successful people that I knew that I'd become friends with. And one of them said, there's this conference in 2019. It's called the Growth Con. It's with Grant Cardone. And you, you definitely need to go to that. And I'm like, dude, I don't have any money. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, like there's no extra money for this. Secondly, like to tell my wife, this is what I need to do. Like that was not going to go well. And I was already saying all the reasons I couldn't do it. But then I read one of the books that Grant had wrote, written and I was like, you know what? This feels right. Like I, I totally want to, I, I have to go to this thing. And so that was the first target. That was the first aim that I said. I said, I'm going to this with an intention of learning and growing myself. And what's interesting is I made that decision and there's these, these Bible verses about it. And there's other, you know, really smart people that have talked about this, that I've learned, learned from, but they talk about the universe and how the universe works. And when you finally figure out what you want and you can create a clear picture and you decide I'm doing that and you take action toward it, then the universe will show up and give you the resources you need to, to make it happen. Jim Carrey talks about a lot about this, about manifesting. He, and that's exactly what he talks about. It's saying, this is what I desire. This is what I'm heading for. This is the target I have. I'm willing to do the actions. If you just show me or you know put in my path what I need to get there and having faith that that'll happen. That's a huge tool, secret, tactic, strategy, whatever you want to call it, but that's the way it works. And if you can practice that and become really good at that, that's really what manifesting is. But you have to have a clear vision. That's aim. The second thing in my five A's of actualization is you have to accept change. You have to accept that the things that you've been doing up to this point are not going to get you to where you want to go. You have to be at peace with that. You have to accept it that who you were is not going to get you to where you want to go. And it's totally fine. And that takes time to really sit with yourself. That's where meditation really comes in, learning about you and being content with where you're at. The third A is you have to accentuate the things that you were doing 
that move you toward your target. Write those things down. That way you can accentuate them. You can continue doing those things and even make them better. Then you have to abandon, this is number four, abandon the things that you were doing that moved you away from that target. And then number five, you have to apply new action. The only way you're going to apply new action is if you get new information. So listening to podcasts like this, reading books, showing up at conferences, experiencing life, that's how you're going to get new new information, which is then going to allow you to apply new actions. And so that's what I boiled it down to is those five A's. And that allowed me to restructure and improve the five major pillars of my life, which I believe are are huge pillars in everybody's lives, but they're either business or career. I talk about business because that's, I'm in business, but, or your career, business relationships, relationships are so vital, especially your relationship with yourself, your belief, or some people call it faith. I don't call it religion. I throw religion out. It's belief or faith, your health and your finances or your money. Those five things, if you can get those five things playing at a high level in your life, man, you are happy, fulfilled, content, love, joyful, all that stuff. And that's really what people are looking for. Wow, that is really powerful. And when you break it down like that, it makes it seem so easy. (laughs) That's one of my superpowers, Kevin, is I take really complex stuff and I just think about it long enough until I'm like, oh, here's the simple steps to get there. Exactly. Now, yeah. one question that I want to ask you, so did you end up going to that big conference? Yeah. So what happened was, is I made a decision. I said, I'm going to this conference. I don't know how, but I'm going to figure out, I'm going to make it happen. Because I know that, you know, deep in my soul, there's that feeling. People call it a gut instinct. That's really what it is. It's like deep down in your soul, you go, I know I'm meant to go to this thing. Like I just, I feel it. And anyway, so I made that, that declaration. I was like, I'm going to this. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to find the money, but I'm going. A week later, I got a offer in the mail from Discover Card. It was a $20,000, 0% interest line of credit that I've never seen since and I had never seen before. Was it there? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't recognize it. I didn't see the opportunity, but I knew that this was an opportunity for me to use it. So I started calling into uh, the G&E show, which was the Grant and Elena show. If you don't know Grant Cardone and Elena Cardone, they've done very well for themselves. But at that time, they were really trying to sell these tickets because they had... 30,000 tickets at Miami Marlins Stadium to sell. The weekend of the Super Bowl is when they were having this. I called up and negotiated to get a ticket. And I bought a ticket that was the third row from the stage. And wow. <laughs> wow. That's very, that's very important because that was a moment where I just, I decided I had, I was worth it because I used to be the guy that would buy the cheapest ticket at the top of the stadium and try to sell my way or finagle my way down to the front through convincing others or through, you know, sneaky, you know, trying to figure out how to get down there. But it was a different experience because I, I felt like I belonged. And so that's when I really started to go, okay, I'm starting to understand, number one, I'm worth it. And everyone listening to this thing, I wish I would have figured that out sooner. Everyone listening to this, you're worth it. You are definitely worth it. Your self-worth is so important. And that's one thing you should work on every single day what you say to yourself, how you talk to yourself. When you say the words, I am, you need to follow that up by something positive. Do not speak negative about yourself because your body doesn't know the difference. Uh, Bruce Lee talked about that a lot. But that was the moment I really, it started to click in my mind that, oh, I am worth it. So I went to this thing and I'll never forget when I show up, it was a diamond ticket and the security guard goes, oh, hey, Dr. Persley, let me show you to your seat. And I was like, ooh, and I crossed this velvet rope and he opened the velvet (laughs) rope up. And and that that was the moment it like clicked in my mind like oh, I belong, and so the information was great, the speakers were great, 
But the people that I got to hang out with down there, the people that were crazy enough to spend this amount of money, and it, what most people would say a crazy amount of money on this ticket, those were the people I wanted to be around. And I met some absolute killers, man, some ridiculous businessmen that knew so much and was able to develop some relationships from that. And so the relationships were worth well more in my career than the amount of money it cost to buy that ticket. So that was my story. I'm not telling other people that they need to go in over their heads in order to buy whatever ticket. What I'm saying is it's valuable to get into the right rooms. And if you know the target that you're after, then you can start to connect the dots between the end result that you're looking for and where you are now. And then you can say, oh, here's what I need to do next. Here's what I need to do next. Here's what I need to do next. And then you can start taking action on those things. And I'm telling you, if you start taking action and have faith and belief, you can call it the universe. You can call it the light source. You can call it energy, source energy. You can call it God, whatever you want to call it, but it doesn't matter. That's it. It will show up for you if you show up for it. Yeah, I love it. So my question is, after taking action, mm -hmm. after starting to implement all that, that you've, you've been teaching us, how did it impact your, your personal life? In 2019, at that conference, I purchased four programs. One of them was on leadership. One was on sales. One of them was on building your, your life resume, basically figuring out, you know, how to put exciting things into your schedule. And then one of them was on how to speak from stage because those were the four I really felt like I needed. And I started implementing those. My income started to go up some, but the real cool part is my relationship started to improve. And it took about six months for my wife and I to really get on the same page. But by that September, October, November-ish, we really started to click. And I'm glad because the next year was 2020. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and that was a whole different thing. But I'm just saying that my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my kids, I was starting to become more present. I was starting to become more confident. People around me started to see that I was becoming a different person and a better version of myself, that I was growing. And they, they would say things like, man, I'm really seeing you're, you're really improving and growing as a person, as a business, as a leader, which was really nice to hear other people say. But what I didn't realize was one of the biggest mistakes I made in my business and in my career was I always tried to go too fast. I always tried to push too hard. There's good in pushing the envelope and, and trying to get things, you know, speed to market and whatever. But it's not good when you cross over the line into anxiety and worry. And that's what I was always, I was trying to do too much with too little. And you don't want to do that. You want to do, do enough with enough is what I like to say. So you do enough to get the job to, to do what you need to do with the resources you have. You don't want to try to do too much with too little. And so, you know, all those things started to change and I was able to handle the storms that weathered, that came at me. I was able to weather those storms. But really what happened was I started to become more aligned with my purpose, which is really, really a cool thing to do. It wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong. There were still bumps in the road, but I was a lot more centered about this is right. This is what I, I'm doing. This is what I need to do. And, and that was, you know, that, that's really everything is, are you waking up and you're fulfilled and content and happy and like excited about life? So the reason why I say that one of the biggest mistakes I made was moving too fast was simply because I didn't, I was always trying to do too much with too little instead of understanding that it's the consistency over time. So it's correct actions done consistently and done constantly. So do the right actions repetitively over enough time and you'll get the result that you're after. And so I, one thing I wish I would have done more of is just been in that flow, in the cadence of my own life, instead of trying to push 
past that thinking I could force things to happen because forcing it never really works. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Now, one thing that I'm curious about when, when we are talking about this timeline is with all of these things shifting within you and in really shifting now your entire life, how was that impacted by the pandemic? So the pandemic, I had a chiropractic company. We did a few hundred thousand dollars in revenue in 2019 and 2020, you know, when all that happened, everybody was worried about, you know, my, my staff, they were worried about, you know, are we going to stay open? Are we not going to open it? Whatever. I had the mentality of that was like, no, I'm keeping my doors open unless the national guard shows up at my front door and tells me I can't come in. Like I'm here to serve people. I'm in a medical clinic. That's, you know, at the time it was a chiropractic clinic, but I looked at it as an opportunity. And that is really how I focus on everything now. Everything that I see is an opportunity. Like how, how is this serving me in some way, shape or form, or how can I use this? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but when that occurred, we had more time. And I went, I've always wanted to integrate my practice into a medical practice. We have more time now. Now we can take the actions to do it. And so I used it as a positive and looked for the opportunity in it. And by that fall, November of 2020, we had a medical integrated practice. And so in 2021, our revenue went from 300,000, 330,000 in 2020. 2021, we went to over 900,000. In 2022, we went to 1.4 million. So it was a culmination over time. I think one of the problems people get into is they expect the results now. And I did, I, I was there too. So don't, I'm not immune to this, but now I understand that I need to focus on a vision and I need to take actions every single day to work towards that and get out of the way of the process of the how, meaning the universe will show up for you. You don't have to force that. All you have to do is keep the vision, keep working toward it, and opportunity will show up if you're looking for it. But if you're looking for all the ways it won't work, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find all the ways it won't work. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. And I mean, to be honest, that is absolutely astounding, the growth that your business had. That is just incredible. Yeah. And it wasn't, what was cool is it was just learning a new skill. I had to learn how to attract the right people to fulfill a mission and a vision for a company. And before that, I didn't really have a mission and a vision. And in the Bible, it talks about without a vision, men will perish. Well, that's true because you're not, you're bouncing around. You're a free radical. You're not, you don't have any guidance, any focus. You're not moving anywhere. You know, the more focused you are, it's like a laser. If you have a flashlight, it's kind of dispersed. But if you have all that energy put into a beam, now you have something that's way stronger that can that can get you there quicker and and more precisely. Yeah. And that's really what that is when you talk about focus. It's really what are you thinking about and what ways can you think about to get to there? And that took other people joining. It wasn't me working harder. It was how can I work with other people in order to achieve the mission of this company? And that was one of the best skills I ever learned. So now I spend a majority of my time dreaming about where this company needs to go. And then how can I attract people that are in alignment with them? Yeah, incredible. I love it. I love it. Talk to me about something I read that you have called Fix Your BS. Yeah. What is, what is that about? So I talk about the five A's of actualization. So that actually came from this book, A Fix Your BS. Now, BS stands for belief systems. It's kind of a play on words. 
Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I know everybody was having with that. Um, but really, so I talked about this earlier. There's four things you can control that you can control your beliefs, you can control your thoughts, you can control your emotions, and you can control your actions. Now, the only way you can do that is through um, um, practice. You have to practice paying attention to what your beliefs actually are. There's a catchphrase that a lot of people use or a buzz buzzword or buzz phrase, limiting beliefs. And people are kind of confused about limiting beliefs, especially the business owners and the people that I work with and I help them you know, grow their business and stuff. But a limiting belief is simply you believe something and you have blinded yourself to any other possibility, which limits you to seeing other opportunities or other potential because you are so ingrained in this belief. Well, it's not possible because, well, is that true or is that just a belief? I can't because, is that true or is that just a belief? So the only way to change your beliefs, your subconscious beliefs, the things that are just running automatically in your brain is to have a thought that you are conscious of and do that repetitively enough times with enough emotion that it gets ingrained into your subconscious, which is called your belief systems. So that's a really simple way of explaining that because your conscious thought is one of the things you have control over and you can change your beliefs, subconscious belief systems, the things that happen automatically. A really great example about of that is if anybody has ever bought a new car, before you bought that car, you really didn't see that car anywhere. After you buy the car, you see that car everywhere. <laughs> have you experienced that? Yes, of course. Okay. So why is that? It's because you had a thought enough times about, a, in this case, a vehicle with enough emotion of excitement and, and whatever, anticipation and, oh, I got this new car that in your subconscious mind, it registered as this is important. Therefore, because it's important, you need to recognize any time that that is around you, that car, anything similar, any year, whatever, that version of that car. And your, your brain will start picking that up automatically. That's how that works. Now, the same thing can happen with your relationships, with your money, with your business, with your health, and with your beliefs or your faith. Wow. You know what, Dr. G, you're bringing the heat, man. We are going deep, <laughs> but, but you, again, you make it seem so simple where it's kind of like, well, duh. I mean, when he puts it like that, I mean, it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm glad that, that it seems simple. It's just, it's, it's like this. A lot of people say they want to lose weight. A lot of people say they want to be healthier. Okay, they say that. And there's, we just came off the new year and there's a lot of people that said, oh, I got a new year's resolution. I'm going to be fit or whatever. I mean, you've, I'm sure you've, you've experienced that. The simple fact is to be healthier and be fit is actually pretty simple. I can give it to you in just a few steps. Drink nothing but water. Eat foods that are as natural as possible. Do more activity today than you did yesterday and get plenty of sleep. If you do those four things, you will become more fit and you will become healthier as far as a weight, you know, your weight goes. The question is, why don't we do those things? If it's that, I mean, if it's really that simple, it is that simple, by the way. Drink nothing but water, eat foods that are as natural as possible, do more activity today than yesterday, and get plenty of sleep. So if it's that simple, why don't people do it? People don't do it because they either don't believe they're worth it or they have a belief system in their mind of who they are. And if they start changing that, then it, it becomes uncomfortable. And when it becomes uncomfortable, they go back to where they were comfortable which is the old habits, the old them. You cannot gain anything, and, you know, improve your life in any way without losing something. If you're going to grow, something else has to go, go away. Okay, so if you're going to lose weight, 
if you're going to improve your health, if you're going to improve your weight or just become a healthier weight, then certain habits have to go away. It means it doesn't mean you can't do them ever. It just means you can't do them all the time. Yeah. So, so basically, if you want to change, you got to be willing, though, to make the change. That's where the five A's come in. Exactly. The five exactly. A's. In order, in order to actualize, to bring that to reality, you just follow those steps. What's my actual target? And then you have to, the second part is the hardest. You have to accept. Accept the fact that some things are going to have to change. Some things you're going to have to give some things away. Accept the fact that you're going to have your own internal beliefs about yourself that you're going to have to overcome. Accept the fact that other people are going to tell you it's not possible that it's not for you, that it, you're, it's never going to happen. You have to accept all that. You have to accept that up till now, you've done things that are, got you to where you are. And then once you've accepted that, okay, cool. Accept the fact that it's going to take some effort to get change. You don't, nothing, you don't get something without giving something. It's just, that's not the way the universe works. So once you get past that acceptance where you're totally content with it and you've re- let go then you can move to number three and you go, okay, so what are the things that I need to do or that I've been doing that move me toward that goal? And what are the things I haven't been doing? And guess what? That fourth step, you'll know right off the bat. Oh, you know, I've been drinking too many booze. I've been eating too many chips. I've been, I've been missing workouts. I have whatever. I'm hanging out with these idiot people that don't get me my goals or that tell me I'm not good enough or don't, you know, whatever. It, like you'll know what they are. Then the fifth one, apply. You have to apply new actions. Apply new information, apply new emotions, apply new thoughts, apply new beliefs. And through that application, guess what? You become a new person. You become, you have different habits, different results, but most people aren't willing to do that work. They want it. They want it now. They want the easy way out. They want money now. They want a business now. They want a success now. They want results now. They want their relationship to be fixed now. But you know, there's a reason why there's statements, pressure turns coal into diamonds trial by fire. There's a reason you go into the fire in order to burn away all the fake stuff. So you become refined, you become better. And that's what makes you more content. You're more understand, you understand yourself more. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, dude, I love it so much, so much. Before I ask you, where can people plug into your world to get a little bit more of you? I want to ask you real quick, for those of us who are, are curious, how does life look different today than it did back when your little boy was a year old and and you guys were struggling and, and your your relationship was struggling? How does that look different today? How is your your little boy? How is your your daughter, your whole family? Well, as far as personally, I would say I'm wealthy now as opposed to broke then. And I don't just mean financially. I mean in all those areas wealth, financially, relationships, business, you know, personal. I feel wealthy. I feel content. I feel present. I'm not anxious about the future. I'm not worried about, you know, what's going to happen because I am just present now. And being present is something that is so hard for people because they're worried about the future or they're thinking about the past. They're either living in the past or living in the future. They're thinking about all the ways they've done wrong or been wronged, or they're thinking about all the things that they're worried about not happening into the future. Well, once again, what you focus on is going, what you think about is what's going to end up happening with, for you or to you. That's one thing. But if you look at like my wife and I's relationship, we're better than ever. Like we actually want to hang out and spend time with each other. I'm not running home and being like, well, I got to get this work done and, and not being present. I'm more present. 
I'm able just to sit there and, and my daughter's 18 now, which makes me feel very old, but um, <laughs> she's strong and courageous and just, a, you know, a gorgeous human being, a, per, a wonderful human being. And my son's uh, almost 16. He's more into sports than I've ever seen anyone in my entire life. And he does anything and every, everything he can to be part of sports, even though physically he really can't participate like he would want, but he's the most resilient person I've ever met. So he <laughs> is able to say, well, I can't play, so I'm going to be the best manager I can be or the best bookkeeper I can be or whatever. And he's the most intense person. So, you know, overall, my life's not perfect by any means. There's still things I don't, I wish were better, but I'm creating a vision or a target or an aim. I'm aiming at something in each of those areas. And then I'm going through my five A's and I'm just doing that over and over and over. Ultimately, my goal is that I do two things now. We have a regenerative medicine integrated medical clinic that I'm trying and working towards expanding and, and growing and, and so we can help more people physically. And then with the Fix Your BS world, they can go, people can go, I'll give them a free uh, wealth creation program. They can go to fixyourbs.net. F-I-X-Y-O-U-R-B-S-B-S.net. And there's a free wealth creation tool that you can learn how to create financial wealth in your life, just the things that I did. But my goal is to help you know people that own businesses figure out how to do what I did, which is how to put the things that are necessary in your business to where you can have the business serve you instead of you being stuck in the business. There's just a few things that you really have to do. I make it really simple. And if you repetitively do those things, You'll create a business that is what you wanted to have in the first place, not what it became to be a thorn in your side, which is where most people are in their business. So but they can go to that or they can go to Instagram. They can find me on Instagram at Dr. Greg Parsley, D-R-G-G-R-E-G-P-U-R-S-L-E-Y. But I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. If people have questions, they can direct message me. They can uh, go to that. Uh, like I said, fixyourbs.net. I'm just here to help as many lives as I possibly can. and Or they can catch me when I'm speaking. But those two places, fixyourbs.net or uh, go to Instagram. Amazing. I will be sure that both of those are inside of the episode show notes for easy access. Dr. G, I want to sincerely thank you for for sharing your story of of both you and really of your family, of where you guys have come. Plus, I mean, the invaluable insights on life that you have just dropped in our lap today is absolutely phenomenal. I just sincerely thank you for being here on the podcast. Well, thanks, Kevin, for having me. And I, like I said, I hope I impacted some lives. Just remember to everyone that's listening, nothing changes until you change. You have to take action. You have to apply new actions in order for change to occur. And remember, change is always going to be uncomfortable. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that change is uncomfortable. It's just the way it is. So be ready for that. And then embrace that uncomfortableness. Get to enjoy it. Absolutely. I love it. For you listening today, I hope you've taken some notes. If you didn't, whoo, baby, I encourage you maybe to rewind it. Jot down some more notes. Be sure that you are absorbing all that this amazing guy has just given to us today. Because the most important thing for you to do now is for you to act to do a little implementing of what we've learned so that this podcast can not just be something entertaining, but something absolutely life-changing. Until next week, my name is Kevin Lowe, and this is Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. 